Imitation is the sincerest form of television, or so quipped the comedian Fred Sullivan. He meant it in a snarky way, of course, but this was long before TV became the dominant medium of our era, before master storytellers like David Milch, David Chase, and David Simon transformed the idiot box into a vibrant novel in living color. Note to the reader, why are they all named David? But the truth is, artists have long cut their teeth imitating others. Hell, Hunter S. Thompson once typed out the whole of The Great Gatsby before waging a one-man war on Richard Nixon and giving birth to gonzo journalism as we know it. Documentary Now, the IFC series from filmmakers Reese Thomas and Alex Buono, therefore fits into a long, rich, and weird tradition. But it is something all its own. A send-up of iconic documentaries from a filmmaking duo who sharpen their swords at SNL. It is at once a loving homage, a cutting commentary, and a masterclass in filmmaking style. Without further ado, I give you a conversation with Reese Thomas and Alex Buono. Well, gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a delight to have you here. Uh, thank you for having us. We're excited. Well, let me just begin by saying I'm grossly disappointed that you haven't parodied one of my films for, by now. Like, I would think you would have got to Night Stalker or Waco. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, um, I absolutely love what uh, you guys have done with this series. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I want to go down on a very like detailed kind of filmic level to, to sort of how you're doing what and the choices that you're making. But before we begin, kind of tell us the, the origin story of this series and the origin story of the two of you all working together um, and and how you divide your duties once you once once you w activate your wonder twin powers <laughs> wonder twin powers that's good um, so uh, the show has its origins as, as do we uh, at uh, Saturday Night Live um, and specifically in the the film unit there um, uh, Alex and I uh, worked in the film unit and uh, I, I directed um, and produced and, and uh, Alex was a uh, cinematographer uh, at the film unit and we um, yeah every week um, would would go on these different filmic journeys of um, sometimes it might be a fake movie trailer in the style of Wes Anderson um, or a short film or it, like we'd be hopping genres and one of these weeks um, uh, involved making a, a sort of short form uh, fake documentary uh, called History of Punk about uh, Ian, uh, Ian Rubbish, um, a, a Thatcherite punk artist uh, played by Fred Armisen. Um, and uh, Bill Hader was in the band and Seth Meyers wrote it. Uh, and, you know, that was a literally, that was a, a you know, basically like a two day production. I think mean, we got the script Wednesday nights, sort of had a day to prep it, shot it Friday and, and cut it together and threw it on there. Um, but you know, it, it had all the sort of components of what documentary now became and that we had to create fake archival footage of performances, news articles, television appearances, interviews. Um, and you know, and I think what, what Alex and I really enjoyed doing at the show was, was really leaning in hard to whatever the, the, you know, the, the reference was sort of, I think we always took a joy in kind of going above and beyond whatever was scripted and, 
and and we got Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols to, to right. be a talking head, and, and which was that was, that alone was kind of this miracle move of because he was out in LA and like how do we do that in a day and uh, we got someone to go over and do that and so uh, yeah we had a lot of fun doing that and and uh, you know unbeknownst to um, you know I think either of us out of that um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen have been looking to to do something together and uh, and. I had been talking to IFC and, and so it's basically sort of presented this short as, as an example of something they'd like to do. And, and, um, and so then I got a call, you know, sort of that, that this, this was a thing and, and would I like to be involved in it? And, um, uh, and Seth and, 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 uh, and yeah, got to a year later and we were still trying to figure out what the show was. So we, we, it was called American documentary at that point. Um, and it basically, yeah, we got together in a room and uh, sat down and, and for a week, I remember, and just kind of battered around ideas. And it, they were sort of all varied from creating fully original, just fake documentaries to sometimes talking about our favorite documentaries. And, and it kind of was this sort of woolly and wonderful thing. But, but at some point, um, Seth sort of brought up uh, Great Gardens and, and we started riffing on it. And, and that was sort of, that was kind of the first moment of, uh, of, of, you know, of actually taking existing documentary and sort of and putting a spin on it. Um, that, that was the first idea. So that that direct sort of idea had come, and and yeah, and kind of from that, that's where the show started to sort of branch out. And um, you know, and and again, Alex and I have been working together for forever, and um, I know you know, and kind of always works as a as a team as as you do. And uh, and so you know, sort of a funny circumstance of the show was that we were making in LA and, and Alex lived in LA and would commute to New York for SNL. And I was in, I was in uh, New York most of the time. And so, and so it was kind of this thing of like, you know, the show was coming out. I was talking to Alex about it and it was kind of like, how do we do it? What do we do? Uh, logistically, because I still had to work at SNL as well. And, and, um, and yeah, it just became this sort of natural thing of like, well, why don't we do it together? And we can kind of divide this uh you know responsibility and, and figure it out we didn't quite know how that would work uh it, you know exactly sort of in that sort of slight slightly different configuration but um but you know again the bill and fred and, and Seth, everybody obviously knew alex really well as well and so it was like this very easy uh yeah easy thing. easy, easy and, partners um, and easy collaboration yeah exactly and so it very quickly became sort of that team and um and uh yeah you know and it, it was a process and and it's funny, I think, sort of in terms of how we figured out duties. I mean, again, we came at it from, yeah, again, Alex having sort of primarily been on cinematography and, and, and sort of I, I would I would be on the direction side with the actors and, and what have you. And it kind of sort of we kind of kept a little bit of that going into that first season or like, you know, trying to sort of figure out partly for the cast as well. Like how do we keep it consistent and, not, and make sure we're not contradicting each other or, or you know, and, um and it's kind of just you know i don't know we just kind of figured it out how to how to how to, how to, how to, how to work as one how to be two and yeah, work as one. Yeah. um okay so a couple of, of of specific kind of craft questions for you this, i'm going to ring the intellectual bell for those naysayers and in, in, in previous of, of your previous podcast um so one of the things that i think is so brilliant about this series it like it is an absolute like master class in directing in the same way that there are those writers who learn to write literally by like typing the novels of ernest hemingway learning the rhythm of the voice and this is this sort of absolutely like startlingly brilliant 
execution of kind of the exact vibe. And it's this wild range of different, you know, because the documentary is so malleable as a format, right? So whether it's the like verite of the Maisels, um, you know, or whether it's the sort of, you know, the austerity of Errol Morris and, and sort of Thin Blue Line and sort of, you know, operatic precision of that, or the Werner Herzog, you know, and the sort of wacky first person voyage. And I think what's so absolutely masterful, brilliant and hilarious, but 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 mainly brilliant is how closely you are able to echo the visual language in a very kind of um, uh, sort of smart and precise way and yet sort of a wink and a nod. I mean, down to almost, it looked to me almost as if like down to film format. I wondered like, okay, are they coloring this and making this look like this was shot on 16 and then blown up or whatever? And so talk about that process of kind of like finding a look and, and like and a vibe and the execution of it and maybe start with the pilot, right? Because I think the Grey Gardens place is, is a great place to kind of, you know, examine that. Like when you go to deconstruct it prior to making it, how how rigorous are you and like what is the box and then question B what does the script look like and how malleable is it in the same way that docs are made in the edit how much of this is made in the edit versus made on the page I, I would say um, as Reese was saying you know our, our experience together at SNL and the dexterity that it required to be able to do kind of you know you get a script and then the next day you're shooting it and you just have to figure out how to you know, what are all of the different kind of visual, you know, uh, signifiers of that genre or that style. It just became very second nature for us having done it for a decade together. And so taking on the look of a Maisel's Brothers film, it kind of became a similar, that part of it became almost like a similar exercise. And then, mm -hmm. well, let's watch a couple of films together. And like, what are we seeing? What's happening here? And, and it, you start to just become very comfortable in that kind of almost detective work of like, mm -hmm. oh, I see what they're doing. And I kind of, everyone involved in documentary now is already <clears throat> such a documentary file. I mean, we all love the format so much and we're so, whatever, yeah, every, everybody loves documentaries nowadays, but um, we had already had an appreciation for direct cinema and the Maisels and what, what was different about, how was that slightly different from what Fred Wiseman was doing? And, um, and in our case, it also was a little bit of like, well, let's talk to the filmmakers. Let's ask them what they did. And at the time when we were making uh, Sandy Passage, the Grey Gardens, you know, episode. Send up, yeah. Send up, yeah. Um, Al Mazels was still alive. Um, and we were able to get in touch with him and, you know, have a conversation about, hey, we're doing this thing. Uh, how did you guys make that film? Well, how the hell did you, how did the hell did you do it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, and I mean, in general, we found that that approach, you know, our sort of earnest love for the documentaries that we're basing our films on, and the sort of love letter that we're attempting to make has been embraced so well by the filmmakers that we've had such great conversations about how are those films made. And look, you know, I've got a little bit of experience in the documentary world as well, and I can appreciate that. Man, it is such a hard format. It is it is the most difficult kind of filmmaking, I believe. It's so laborious. Is. So laborious. So, yeah. And you just you just yeah. never know if it's ever going to be anything, you know. Um, and I feel like there are these unsung heroes. They're getting a little more sung these days, but 
still like not that many people call up Almazels and say, "Wow, specifically, how did you make right. great gardens?" Like, like so, where, so he where... was he was ge he was geeked that you were geeked and like oh that... yeah, he was able to say like oh wow yeah like put the light here twelve inches above the lens, stand in the back of the room there. Well, do you zoom or do you not zoom? And oh no no you know and so you get the sense of like you know exactly what their philosophy was stylistically. Um, how did it end up being that way? And whether one filmmaker would, you know, shoot Verte and include all of the camera movement and the zooming while another filmmaker would cut it all out. And that became sort of like, oh, I get what's happening here. So yeah, it's yeah. all, it's all very, uh, that's a part of the fun for us. It's well, so it's a couple of, you're bringing up a couple of things that I think are really interesting, which is, I mean, the joy of making documentaries, you know, for me over the years, a lot of it is, it's like, it's a passport to these other worlds. And like, it's a, tr it's, that's true in terms of your subjects. Like I wasn't at Waco, I didn't meet David Koresh, but to be able to sort of wade into it and be the like quiet center of the wheel where they all connect is this sort of like grand opportunity to live these other lives. And and I think what you're talking about, which is so amazing with the people, you know, whose films that you're that you are sort of, you know, riffing on here is you're deconstructing the grammar of what it is that they're doing in a fundamental way and the methodologies of it. And then you're able to kind of replicate the spirit of it. And it, it like, I'm a methodology geek. That's the whole point of this podcast. A, to like meet people like you guys and B, because I'm always like, oh, this is how other people do this shit. This is fascinating. And it's educational, you know? Um, so like how much of that, like the conversation with the Maisel, with Al, for example, does that get integrated? into script or is that something that you guys are just doing directorially or what's that process and, and what's that lag time between the convo and okay you're on set shooting yeah i mean i, I again to briefly sort of answer some of it i mean i i don't think it's not really like it's influencing script because sometimes we're you know it's, it's never a given that we're going to have that conversation and 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 you know i think in that instance it, you know alex sort of took it upon himself to reach out we didn't know we we're going to hear back or anything and, and obviously the show didn't exist at that point either so no one knew what we were doing um but i do find though for me at least that again establishing that grammar understanding that grammar just becomes it, it, you know it's super helpful and in 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 establishing rules for for yeah both how the sh how the episode's written what we can get away with what you know sort of basically what the boundaries of what will work won't work work you kind of you know you have a a bit of a stress test in that you know you know where you'd be breaking those rules and and so to try and stay true to those and so i think it so so while you know maybe you know i think that, again our writers are all very studious as well of, of the sort of rhythms and the tempos of those documentaries so it's never been an issue where we've sort of gotten the script and it and it and it doesn't fit, uh, you know, or, or it's it, you know it's necessarily violating those rules. But I do think that you know for Alex and I sometimes that that's it's a it's it is an extra step on set sometimes of of kind of you know or looking at the script before we're going to shoot it and think okay no we can't do that that way we, you know but, but here's you know here's a pivot point this is how they would do it and you know and so it's a again I find those shortcuts uh, you know it's it's weirdly liberating you know because he really he gives you sort of some bumpers essentially that, that you know that the film has to be made by um but uh, yeah 
It well, and it's interesting because like I think what you're saying is you guys have been exercising this improvisational kind of stylistic model for so many years at SNL. It's like your muscles are tight and they know how to you know they know how to execute. So let me ask a very specific question vis-a-vis -vis sort of like script and moment. And I want to you know jump forward to a different episode, um, and we'll I'm sure we'll bounce all around on this. But there's that um, there's a like seemingly kind of throwaway shot in the middle of the the Herzog send up right where he's out there and he's got the headband on and is playing soccer right there's no dialogue there's no scene and i about fell out of the fucking bed when i was like watching it right because it was like that is exactly like sort of perfectly captures the you know the, the spirit sentiment vibe is that moment in the script or is that and and sort of allocated for and or is it like oh okay we're gonna need this and you throw that in and then it gets mixed in in the edit yeah, no, that particular moment wasn't, I don't think that was, that wasn't in the script. That was just something that, that I think we found really funny. You know, again, Alex and I watched documentaries over and over again. And, and uh, you know, and I think that's one thing that I think is Seth, John, Bill, like they know that we'll probably do is, is that, you know, we, yeah, so we will have our own hit list of, of, of moment, visual moments and, and things that, that sort of we might hang on to. And again, sometimes we'll, we'll have it put in the script. Sometimes it'll be look, if we've got time, this would be really funny. And I, because I, I, but I do remember that that instance because we were asking uh, Alex to to basically get in a tiny pair of shorts uh, without a shirt on. I mean, I, I, I literally was like, like fell out. Yeah, we didn't, and we didn't know how he, you know, will he be game for it? We don't know, and and so it was like this kind of tentative thing. And I, I do think I feel like we grabbed that shot in like you know ten minutes or something. It was just a sort of quick like grab it, and he was great that uh so, so so brilliant like one of one of so many like just 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 sort of brilliantly precise moments so um what is the um like when you're actually on set and and sort of like on the day shooting it, like when you're kind of dividing these these duties and the different sort of schools that you come from whether that's you know sort of working with actors or you know sort of operating a camera or knowing how to light or whatever it may be um how are you how kind of uh sharply divided is that like are you um alex saying okay i know that we want to be using like active zooms throughout and that's where you're focused on it and have weird cutaways of cats in the in the you know in like in the pilot um and and, and then sort of you know you reese are, are focused on like okay i want to work on performance here to get the like you know the screaming of the two sisters back and forth in it or whatever or is it is it more kind of organic where it's you know sort of spilling back and forth on the day as you're actually executing it i mean my, my opinion is that it, it is it's fluid like i i think we both are kind of dipping into each other you know we're just talking essentially and we, yeah we have, we have a list of things and and yeah alex is watching performance as much as i am and and i'm i'm looking for for visual things as uh, you know at, at the same time and it is just a sort of constant constant conversation i think yeah i would i mean i have thought many times that like insofar as we share a directing credit, we could share a director of photography credit. I mean, there's so many instances where, you know, if you look at something like um, Mr. Runner Up, you know, the um, Kid Stays in the Picture episode where so much of it is photography. A lot of these episodes, so much of it is photography. And it's Reese and I both holding our cameras, taking photographs. And any episode could be, you know, Reese's photos or, I mean, at some point it doesn't even, it certainly doesn't matter to us. And I wouldn't even know the difference, you know? And then in post-production, we're like, it's such a tiny little show. And 
we're the ones doing the treatments on them. We're the ones that are, you know, sculpting them. And yeah. Sculpting them and we've got them in Photoshop and we're passing them back and forth. And I'm saying, Hey Reese, can you take another pass on this one? And he's saying, Oh, what do you think about that? And, and so the, there was a real, you know, um, kind of ambiguity or ambidextrousness in this sort of, well, you know, what are our duties? I mean, it's most of the time, it's the two of us standing behind the monitor kind of trying to, make each other laugh and make our talent laugh and and having had so many discussions about well, what is it that we want to do and we you know we, we definitely go into it with a shot list and we go into it with a really tight script to answer an earlier question i mean it's because the show is so s small and the budget is so tight and our schedule is so short i mean we shoot these episodes in like three days so 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 go into the specifics of that because that was actually my next set of questions in terms of like how much time do you have to prep how much time are you on set and like you know what are you working with budgetarily to the to, i mean whatever you can comfortably yeah, yeah. share like build out the parameters with some specificity i mean the harder the 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 thing to think about i guess if you for those people who work in television and can appreciate this um it's kind of like making six pilots at the same time and every episode is so different and the casts are so different and the locations are different. And, and, you know, whenever we start the season, like this fourth season, we, we went to the UK and we did the whole season there. And so we're working with a completely new crew and you have to kind of convince the crew and win over the crew that this isn't totally insane. What well, is a little bit insane, but we're going to make these six different films at the same time. And, you know, oftentimes it means that today we're going to look in this direction and we're going to shoot this episode, but because this is the right location, we're going to turn around and we're going to take a photograph for this other episode because it's the exact right place for it. And so we've just kind of have to have the season in our brains and things are prepped enough that we can, you know, block shoot the first, it that way, right? This, it's, this block shooting throughout, certainly in the first few seasons when the, the, they were primarily Bill and Fred episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, it was all block shooting. It was it was just a costume party. It was just throwing. Yeah, it was really funny. Episode. It was like, yeah, like four episodes in one day. You know, with them going yeah. switching characters and costumes, and we're just kind of going. You know, yeah, the same same location, just getting used. It, so, it sounds like really an, a, an, an AD and scripties nightmare, by the way, for for what that's worth. Oh like. yeah, that, I mean, uh, that, that's the thing. You know, and it's funny, and this is where you know, again, Alex's is, is uh, strength comes in because. It is. It's like a, a giant puzzle the whole season um, because you've got you do. We always have way more to do. The scripts are always longer than they should be uh, for, you know, given our time slot uh, there. You know, there's there's it's, it's all location and art direction. It's not that's the thing where, you know, there's there's no sort of post solutions to, to anything. It's it's all has to be real. We have to find it. And yeah, big cast There's so many pieces. And so. Oftentimes, you know, this is Alex's process is, is, you know, basically get a whole bunch of cork boards up and and basically break down each episode, uh, you know, into note cards, you know, in terms of, you know, scene, mini scene setups, um, you know, cast and location. And, and yeah, just like a calendar, essentially. And it's the, and through prep, essentially, it's like this living document um, as cast, you know, realities sort of start to drift into focus locations change uh you know beats in the script that we might realize that's not working let's pull it out so this board is con this constant sort of moving chessboard of, uh you know of cards and, and where things will be done and 
Um, and that UK season, you know, was super interesting because we had COVID going on too. So that was sort of adding this like little curveball once in a while. Like we thought we had a perfect plan and then like, nope, that's going to flip, fix that. And like Alex said, uh, you know, to any crews of walking into this for the first time, it genuinely does seem insane. Um, you can see, you can see the disbelief in their eyes. And, and I think, you know, and I think Alex and I as well, you know, because I was just thinking about that sort of what we were talking about in terms of us, to, you know, the cinematography divide or whatever. I, I do feel like the one that, the, you know, I think there's a greed involved in uh, in it as well. And that like, yes, the script says this, but we're also going to do this. <laughs> right. <And laughs> yeah, you're claw, you're other, clawing in more. Right. Yeah. And I was saying, and as you, on the day, we might be, you know, like, oh, it's a crazy day, but, you know, shit, I really want this shot. Like, I, I, we got to get that shot. We got, you know, it's not in the script. Crew don't know about it. Uh, but I think I, I've seen a spot we can do it over there. And and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes that's more my energy of greed because I don't have control of the camera necessarily because Alex right. is the DP. <laughs> and so I'm just like, just like come on, I just want to go over there, please, let's go. <laughs> I just want to grab it and go. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of this crazy adventure. And, um, and you know, again, and I, I, it it's, can be incredibly stressful, but there's something so fun about about pulling it off. And you do, and it's funny, after the first week, and again, I'm sort of pulling on on this UK experience as the one because they really had very little knowledge of the show. Like it, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't out there. But I remember that that first week that they once they'd seen how we were doing it, you know, sort of what the demands were, what what we weren't demanding, you know, the reality. Because again, lots of crews in any film production will always treat whatever the director says with distrust. You know, mm -hmm. like if you tell them, like, you know, hey, we don't need this much equipment, or I'm not, I'm not, not going to need those lights. They'll never trust you and they'll be like, well, you're saying that now, but you know, we'll right. be on set. This fucking guy it. doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's make sure yeah. we have the shit in the grip truck. Right. Yeah. We, we deal with that every time. And, and then, you know, and then, yeah, it's a process of them seeing like, no, no, we meant what we said. And, and it's, it is as precise as we said it was going to be. And, you know, when, yes, there are audibles being played, but we're doing it within the confines of whatever we have. Like, we'll figure it out, you know, because again, that's sort of our background at SNL. We just had no time. So that was sort of where we come from. So how big is the crew and how much prep time? And it's, you said three days per episode and like, what is the apparatus that you're working with and are you're shooting everything conse consecutively? So you're shooting out a, you know, a season in 18 days or whatever it happens to be per episode or how does that, how does that all work? It's about three to four days per episode. I think there's a little bit of um, kind of, it's like three and a third or whatever it is. And, and, but because we're block shooting it, we can see that, well, this episode is way more complicated. We need more days for it. This episode, we could shoot this really fast. And so, you know, I remember the third season is a good example of that, where like there was an episode that was based on Wild Wild Country. It was called Batshit Valley. And it was just sprawling and there were so many locations and and we just needed so much time to figure it out. And then there was this other one called Co-op, um, original cast album Co-op that was just you know, it was great and it was a musical, but it was all in one location and everybody was just going to, they'd already rehearsed their songs. And so we thought we could shoot that really fast. And so we shot that episode in like a day and a half. And then we gave those extra days over to the other. So we have the flexibility of doing that because we're directing everything together. There was no issue with like, you know, in other TV shows, you can't just pull days from one director and give it to another director. Um, but this show is this weird thing where we have, so much creative freedom it's it's this that's what it's it's a lot of creative uh you know uh obstacles because of our budget and our schedule but then it's so much creative freedom 
and I think it's what keeps bringing us back. It's a very hard show to make, but every couple of years, you're just dying to do it again. And some of it is the absolute freedom of it. And some of it is the, you know, honestly, it's, we worked, Reese and I worked together for a decade. We worked with Seth and Bill and Fred and John Mulaney, these guys. And, and it's such a joy working with these people. It's such a joy for me to work with Reese. It's such a joy for me to work with those, those incredible, funny guys as writers. But it's, it's just a, it's worth all of the difficulty to get to have that sort of collaboration. It's a little bit like a, it's like, it's why, it's why I think bank robbers keep going back to robbing banks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that dopamine hit of the insanity and joy, but it's also, I yeah. think what you're saying is it's like the constraints are actually enable the creative freedom in a way. Like if this was yeah. some massively budgeted thing and, and, and sort of, you know, sprawling locations, whatever you guys would be slaves to a, a sort of a schedule or a, you know, those yeah. sort of demands that you, it is maximum creativity it's maximum pressure but it's also maximum creativity to solve everything we also like i think we both you know we'll do an episode a season of document now and then we'll both go into the normal television world where you're answering the studios and networks and you know massive team of eps and there's all these presentations and everybody needs to know exactly what's happening and if you're a dime off then you're going to hear about it and you know that format has got all of its advantages of like, oh my gosh, we have all the money, we could build these sets and we have this time. And, and, but then a lot of times you're just dying for that. Like, ah, I just wish I were back in that. I, you know, that, that Welsh slate mine where right. nobody was even watching, had any idea what we were doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Having that freedom of movement is, is something that, you know, you really do appreciate. Cause yeah, when you're on a bigger thing with a big crew, you can't just turn around. It's so frustrating sometimes where you're like, you know, you're ahead of schedule or yeah, you have that, like I was saying, you have that spontaneous idea and you turn around like, okay, I want to do this over here. And then, you know, your AD looks at you or your, or your key group looks at you and, and all the equipment that's, that's in the direction that you're talking about. And they're just telling you, yeah, forget about it. It's not happening. And it's, so, you know, so, and again, our crew on documentary now, you know, like it, it varies um, again, depending on what we're, we're going for. Um, and and there's a weird way that the show we've done the show each season is that we, you know we have a base of operations for the bulk of the show so basically for about four episodes um you know it was la first two seasons then portland in the third season and then we went to to manchester uh in the in that fourth season but then each season and this came out of budget uh as well we 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 go abroad and so season one we went to iceland and we did two episodes we did the canuck uncovered uh, and the Al Capone Festival there, and, and and again, you know, they they were they required that location, but that was a that first season was a real kind of fight with uh, both our sort of producing team and with uh, IFC somewhat in convincing them that we you know to take a comedy show to Iceland to do these two episodes like they, they it wasn't easily embraced, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. there was a lot of imagine. like well can't you find, you know, can't you find Iceland here in California? And <laughs> right. find it? It, was, it was crazy. And there's all these like, you know, post solutions of like, well, you can do a soundstage and make a glacier and, and we'll do, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we kept trying to say like, no, look, it's, it's a small crew. You get all the production value of going to the actual place with real people. And like, that's what the show is. This is what the show is. And it took, you know, I remember we went right up to the wire in prep in, in sort of having that argument. And, um, and, and it then makes we went the show. to Iceland. Thank God you won. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and and it brought a texture to the show that that I just love, and and it's the Iceland, 
you know, it was funny that that's sort of near and dear to me because that adventure, like none of us knew what the hell we were walking into. And we had zero, we had so little money at that point. And we got to Iceland and I remember like our first day we, 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 you know, we basically sent ahead a note and said, you know, we're looking for a small Icelandic town for the Al Capone festival. That's what we're looking for. And so we land, we get to Reykjavik and, you know, initial impressions like, huh, Reykjavik's like a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. And then, uh, and then we get a location van and we drive for three hours out of Reykjavik to a small Icelandic town, which turns out is like two houses. That's what a small <laughs> town to them is. And, uh, and so we wasted a day, but I remember that was the devastating thing. It was like, crap. Cause I think we only had like, we had something insane, like four days or something to right. prep two episodes. Um, and it was, it was a real CD of pants, uh, thing. I, cause I, I, I remember yelling at our producer. I'm, I'm not a yeller, but I remember getting very, uh, frustrated in, in the middle of Reykjavik just cause it, it had, it was like, look, we went out on a limb for the, to come right. to Iceland and we don't have these locations right now. And you know, we're, we're not going to have an episode if we can, if we can't figure this out. And, uh, cause it was, it was like, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in that one. But since then each season, you know, the next season two, we went to Columbia, uh, season three, we went to Budapest and, and then season four, I mean, we were all over the UK anyway, and then we went to Belgium, but, um, and it's always a budgetary. Now it's become a, a solution to solve our budget because it's always cheaper for us to go overseas. And it, it becomes a tool. Well, it's interesting, you know, hearing you guys describe the sort of process of making the show, it is very analogous to making a documentary and the like, you know, it is this like you're bla depending upon what it is, right? But you're like blasting out of a cannon. You don't know what it is. You've got like a pile of money, a number of days, and like it has to at some point transform into a movie or an episode or whatever it is. And I think I'm sure that the what you have to do to make it translates into the like authenticity of that it feels so like authentically documentary you know i mean you know the 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 herzog episode we did is the perfect example of that where you know we all thought it was super funny that like herzog tried to push a steamboat over a mountain and what we should do let's do something like that and then Lo and behold, recently i find ourselves on the side of a mountain <laughs> building a three-wall sitcom set realizing this is this is like we're we're really doing the thing. Right. It's very funny for John Mulaney to sit at home and type this on a laptop, but we have to actually <laughs> yeah. do this for real. Right. Yeah. When, when conversations about waiting down the set so that it wouldn't blow away uh, <laughs> it, it, with giant water containers and and yeah, logistics of getting it in there, but like it was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Um. So last two questions for you. Um. When you're actually sort of on the day running the set, you've 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 actually landed in a proper location. Now it's time to execute it. How do you? How are you running it in terms of? the vibe that you have and like what happens when you hit something and it's like okay this is inert like this was funny on the page and it just is like it's not popping here and like what's the kind of and i'm sure there's a million different examples of this so pick anything you want but whenever you have hit one of those like damn this is like not alive the way i thought it would be you know do you hit those and if so how do you handle it when you do i mean i'll 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 just i'll just add that like one of the, I think Reese and I would agree that one of the luckier things for the two of us is how how good our writers are. You know, I mean, um, we've got some of the best writers in comedy, and and it's it's uh, and these are very very written scripts. You know, and we we try really really hard to make it feel like it's really happening and it's a real documentary, but they're really really scripted. I mean, um, 
I, you know, I think part of Alex and I's job, because we have very little time on set, um, yeah, there isn't time to watch something and really go, oh, shoot, it's not working. Let's let's go back to the drawing board or let's let's pivot. Our job, and I think, again, we learned this on SNL as well because of the timeline, it was it is also to like, we really scrutinize the script. Um, you know, we, we go over it over again. We block it out together. We work it out. And so, so we've kind of do our best to try and catch what those moments might be um ahead of time and again there's not many of them usually it's very funny and really our job is actually yeah trying to make it feel alive and not scripted is like is like usually the chance that's actually the thing we're usually scrutinizing the most is that this feels contrived or this is feeling you know staged and and therefore what are we doing wrong here you know like is the camera in the wrong place uh is the scene beginning in the wrong place you know i would do, do you know like it, it can be operating it can be sad you know so it's looking for those little things it's usually um the, the biggest thing that we're really on top of and you know and of course sometimes you've got to create an atmosphere of looseness you know to lead the scene in, you know so you sort of you know perhaps you give some breath all around the place and yeah give some lead-ins and some lead out so that there's no precise start to stop but but they are very tightly scripted um for the most part and and you know and so if there is improvisation it's oftentimes just trying to take the edge off a line or or you know just trying to sort of yeah find it just a slightly more lively um way to do it it doesn't happen as often as maybe other things where oh this scene just isn't funny at all usually it's pretty funny um and or there's something about it that will work we're also i mean we're super lucky and 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 blessed in the cast that we get i mean we get just such Amazing. funny players and, yeah yeah um, and so even when it's not working, I mean, Bill and Fred can make something work. They can salvage something out of nothing, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, like anything, I mean, there are certain times when even with the best talent, we've got to figure out, wait, hold on a second. What is this? You know, uh, which is, I think the same as any, uh, directing experience you have where you, it's just not quite what we thought. Um, no, a lot of times, and forgive yeah. me, Reese, if you, if you just said this, but a lot of times the energy goes into this feels staged. This feels mm -hmm. like we wrote this. Mm -hmm. We need to take away some of these words. We need to find a different way to present the camera because I feel like I'm watching a TV show right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Early on in in season one, I remember when we were doing Great Gardens. It was it was uh, we kept saying like this feels like The Office, um, which was which was our watchword for for sort of that contrived documentary style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my last question for you is. The talk about the edit a little bit in terms of like are, how much are you sort of landing particular moments and sort of like okay we need to like punch up this moment or like what is the edit process how much are you sort of is being revealed to you in the edit and and that surprises you from sort of where you were on set how much how how intense is the sculpting in the edit? It's 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 very intense. I mean our, our post process is as rigorous. I think shooting it again a bit more like a documentary um because because yeah you know it, it, it's uh, we shot it in, a, in this sort of way where we were sometimes having to unravel the script a little bit to try and make it feel real and what have you so it's kind of tightening all that back up again um yeah and that's oftentimes sometimes where you realize that a sequence a story sequence that you know that maybe yeah individual beats were kind of funny when you shot them but yeah when we string them together or put them next to each other that it's not working the way it should and and and, you know, and it, it was funny, I, I remember sort of in the first couple of seasons, we, I think we hit it a bit more, but 
the realization that our narrative in each, you know, again, oftentimes our reference documentaries are full length, you know, usually feature length documentaries. And, and we were trying to sort of do something in 20 something minutes. And, but we realized that, you know, our narrative has to be a sort of propulsive, ideally as, as it feels and those things. And, and we have to bring it to a close. And, and I do remember having, you know, feeling anxiety over a couple of episodes. I remember the, I remember the, I doesn't lie and the blue jean committee in season one being ones that i remember feeling like oh no like we we messed this up you know like and i remember sitting and sort of trying to mind map different routes through the edit and we and we sort of did kind of reconstruct um stories for both of those to sort of you know get them there because you know just because we, we're still sort of feeling it out and we're very again we we're, we have an amazing editorial team like like we have the, we've had the same essentially the same core of editors um since season one who really helped us find the show Season one, who are who are geniuses on After Effects and 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 motion effects and and build all those news articles and and archival stuff with us um, and and make that feel authentic and and can really adapt as, again to any language or any that they they're super adept at helping us find those tempos and, and staying true to those and looking for those things um, and you know and oftentimes the way it works in post is Alex and I will kind of split off and we'll take we'll basically sort of take a few episodes each and, and to, to sort of basically primarily supervise. And then at some point we'll kind of crisscross, swap. Uh, yep. you know, again, yeah. And swap back or, or come and look at each other's things. And, and, and yeah, so that's, that's sort of backup too. Sometimes if like one of us is having trouble with one and we just can't, you know, we'll, we'll take our best swing at it, but sometimes you have that facility of like, let's, let's all get together and, and talk about it. But yeah. It's a, it's a process. Yeah. There's always, a, there seems to always be a, an episode every season where, it's good, but it doesn't quite work and it needs to be reconstructed in post. And, um, and you know, uh, I feel like in season three, it was the, um, the bowling episode. Um, any given Saturday afternoon, you know, it was really funny, but it just didn't feel like the kind of sports documentary crescendo that we, in there was a, it was a lot of rewriting in post to, make it feel like the real thing. You know, you realize, oh, wow, there's so much writing that we haven't done yet. You know, um, so much of that kind of a documentary is told, you're, you know, you're cutting together art. If you were the documentary filmmaker, you're cutting together the archival footage of the announcers talking you through it to explain what's yeah. happening. And we just didn't have any of that. So it was right. literally, we, I think we wrote another, I feel like we wrote like 14 or 15 pages of announcers just talking you through what was happening and then that had to be funny because it couldn't just be dry announcer. So it was like a lot of, um, you know, funny comedy punch up, but also, you know, uh, expositional. Um, and then suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, that's what that's what it needed. It needed something, you know. Well, and I, that's that totally makes sense because you are having to telescope not only kind of this full kind of narrative, you know, three act structure, but then you don't have the time to deal with the exposition. And because the exposition needs to be sort of like smart and funny and in the same key as the rest of it, I can imagine the challenges of it. But I will tell you, you know, it's interesting to hear you guys say, you know, the ones that you had the challenges with, because by the time you sort of are sitting on the other end of it, you know, as a viewer, it's like, Jesus, this is so seamless. And these guys can like, you know, pick up any instrument and play any song, just like all your favorite bands. And um, yeah. I, I just want to sort of thank you both and congratulate you both, because I think it's just an absolute masterclass in directing and a great joy. And I'm so glad that it's out there in the world and that, that you'll be continuing to do more. And I can't wait to see not only more of the series, but more of everything that you guys to do together. I think you're brilliant. 
Oh, thank you very much. That's very nice to hear. I, I was funny. I was I, I revisited, um, you know, sort of remind myself of some of the, you know, especially the season two at the bunker, and I was looking at the, the bunker episode and um, and the doesn't lie, and it was really funny. I was reading review comments on the on the the Onion, uh, the AV Club, and <laughs> you know, it was it was really funny just to see how forensically people were like cross comparing the documentary and this episode and, and sort of kind of already at that stage in the, in the show, sort of criticizing that we'd sort of, maybe there was a point that was off, but also there was a few comments of like, yeah, you know, it's good. It's a good idea. It's good for like, you know, a season. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, basically there was just like, yeah, that's what IFC does. It's niche and, and, and sort of whatever. So yeah, it's kind of, it was, it was fun to see that uh, knowing now that we've, we're four seasons in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, 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 you know, I'm blowing my nose at all the, uh, the naysayers because it just, you know, knowing sort of what is really required. And, uh, I just think it's, like I said, a, you know, a masterclass in directing and such a like beautiful, hilarious and, and loving, um, sort of, um, send off to the, you know, to the, to the documentary medium. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say again, going back to that, just that last that point about the loving send off, like I remember season one feeling a genuine, you know, sense of awe of the documentaries that we we're taking on and, and a sense of fear about how the actual documentary film filmmakers would receive it. Because knowing, again, how laborious it is to make a documentary, the sheer will that it requires to make a documentary, to stick with it, to say, no, there's a story here and to stick with it and, and put everything into it. And then we're coming trotting in sort of after it's been made and, and, you know, kind of just having fun with it and, and recreate, I mean, recreating it as exactly as we could feels like the least we could do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, like ultimately, like I, I do think it came from a place of reverence. Like, you know, we, we, we didn't take it lightly that these things existed and, you know, didn't want to be lazy about it in any way. In, in, in fairness, you know, we're also, I think just as fans of documentaries also, as equally interested in the the commentary that this a show like this affords you, you know, what can you say about documentary filmmaking? Where have filmmakers? Where, are there are, are there any techniques or are there any films that deserve a little bit of sort of criticism? Um, and even in those cases, when I feel like I mean, you know, we like to be a really loving uh, format, but I think you could look at our vice episode, you know, the one sure. in the first season drones or this season, you know, the one that was um, sort of based on uh, my octopus teacher where, mm -hmm. you know, it was a little harder, <laughs> a little harder jokes. And yet I think. I would just to, just to, just to sort of jump in on that, which is like, I think it's actually very necessary and healthy for the medium because as the medium has gone, like when I first started making docs, like nobody watched them. You were like the weirdo outlier. And now it's this like massive business. The audience is in on it. The, the sort of subjects are in on it. Like there is this like question of like, was this exploitative? Is this true? Like, and so like, I think what you're pointing to Alex is like, there's a reflexivity to it and a like, whoa, let's sort of now you know, look at this orthogonally and like comment on it in a smart cultural way. Certainly a big, a big part of the fun of it. I think honestly, like, you know, and maybe it's four seasons in the game of like, can we make it look like this thing is such, we've been doing that for so long. Like that's not really the most fun of it. I mean, the most fun of it is really trying to kind of make a, these are going after what those filmmakers were going after you know, yeah. or explore, exploring the thing that those filmmakers are exploring and feeling like, oh, I understand that documentary even better because I got to remake it, you know, 
Um, and what a, what a fun exercise that is. See, you knew you were going to get intellectual at the end. What a perfect place to land it. Um, thank you, guys. He was going um, for it. He was, he was furiously writing notes. All he, was, he was ready. He was like, that's my clothes. Like, that's my clothes. I got to get this in there somehow. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys very much. And uh, I look forward to connecting again before too long. Awesome. Great. Thank all right. You. Take thank care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you to Reese and Alex for making their fantastic series and sharing their time to talk with us about it. And thank you to Seth Myers, Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, and Lauren Michaels for bringing it into the world. See you next time on The Dangerous Art of the Documentary. The Dangerous Art of the Documentary is a Tillerman Films production. Executive producers are Tiller and Fitz. Our producer is Jacob Miller. Music by Zydepunk. The show is executive produced and distributed by Jake Brennan and Brady Sadler for Double Elvis Productions. Thanks for listening, and please, don't forget to subscribe.